something first before we get into the message. I had to deal with a fellow this week, and you can you can meet some characters out there. If you're not familiar with that, just uh, get your handful of Bible literature and go out there and start witnessing, and you'll see how many will turn you off in just a few seconds. But I just run into a guy this week and I said something about, can I tell you something about the Lord out of the Bible? And he said, uh, well, I ain't really got much use for the Bible. And I said, well, why don't you have any use for the Bible? I'm trying to be nice. He said, because it's full of contradictions. I said, well, the one I carry don't have any. It's called the King James. And he said, oh, that's the worst one. I don't like it, number one, because it's got archaic words in it. Number two, I don't like it because uh, it's got contradictions. And I said, no, it don't have contradictions. I said, matter of fact, how about just telling me one? And he said, well, Luke one thirty-five. turn your Bible. Luke one thirty-five, and uh, we'll look at that and see what he had to say. And I, and then I, I, I lowered the boom on him. I wasn't, I wasn't mean. I just nice, but I explained it, and we read it. He had, had we had it on the phone. And it said in 135 of Luke, well, his Bible wasn't like mine, needless to say. So I read it, and it said, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And I said, what you got a problem with? He said, call him the Lord, that holy thing. And I said, uh, I don't see nothing wrong with that. I don't see nothing wrong with the translators translating it right. He said, Christ is not a thing. I said, you're not reading it right. Let's read it again. It talks about that holy thing. He said, well, he's talking about Christ. I said, no, he's not. He's talking about that holy thing. He said, he was just fixing to be brought into the world, and we find the existence of Christ here. And I said, no, sir. He didn't just exist. He always has been. And it says here, Therefore also that holy thing. What is that? That wasn't Christ. That was in the womb of Mary that Christ made a thing for the body of Christ. Now you may not catch that in a minute, but I've studied this a lot of times and I've seen it. said that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And so we went through it. 
I don't care what you say tonight. Mary is not the mother of God. Amen. I don't mind telling that anywhere, everywhere. He is called the mother of Jesus. Amen. He's called, we don't even have a term in the Bible called father of Jesus either. Because Jesus and God are the same. I looked at that thing and I'm going to tell you something now. It bothers me. I'd come home and jotted all this down. And I look at it. Mary was just a vessel to bring the Lord Jesus into the world. And it said in the Word of God that God formed Christ in the womb of Mary. I don't worry anybody got this or not, but in chapter 2 and verse 7 of the book of Genesis, it said God formed the, uh, the uh, you know, the Lord. He followed, I mean, He created, or actually it said in the Scripture here that I'm talking about 2-7, that God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Before that, He says in the next chapter before it, He created man and male and female. Many think that Christ is just coming into being at the birth, but he didn't. Hebrews 10 and 5, turn to it. What does it tell you about the body of Christ? You said, did that bother you? Tore me on to pieces. Can't you tell it? You don't monkey with my, my Savior. Amen. Hebrews 10 5 says in that verse, a body hast thou... What? Prepared. Prepared me. And then he gave me another. One. And he said, what about Jonah 1, 17? He said, and went in there and told me, and I'll just tell you what he said. He said in Jonah, it says, a big fish, or great fish, swattered Jonah. He said, then Christ come along, and contradicted that and said a whale swallowed him. And he said, it's known that there ain't enough big fish. I mean, it's got to be a huge fish for a man to get in. So I call that verse up. And I went over there and I reread what we had looked at. And in the Bible it said in Matthew 12, 40, a whale. Jonah talked about a big fish. That's a contradiction. I said, how do you get that? You're not reading what it says in Jonah 1.17. You got your Bible there? I mean, I like to, I like to give these things out and let people know I'm not going to be, I wasn't mad at him, I wasn't. I just said, ignorance has ruined this boy. Yeah. And in Jonah 1.17, it said, and God what? Prepared. He didn't have an original to compare. When God prepares it, He can make a, a brim swallow a man. Amen. Amen. When God prepares, He does it. All right. Now let's turn tonight.
back into the book of Daniel. I preached on part of this last week and I'll finish the rest of it. Not much to say on it, but I want to go a little further. We're tonight in chapter 1, verse 3, and we'll be in verse 4. And I've been sitting over there studying on this for the last couple of days. And I'm just glad I'm turned loose of it now because I just keep finding so much. And he says in verse number 3, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz. That's the only time it's mentioned in the Bible, Ashpenaz. The master, that means he's ahead of them. He's the controller. He's the boss. The master of the eunuchs. That he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. Children in whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Before I get back in on what we was talking about last week, I'm going to move over into the book of Matthew. I read quite a bit of this in Matthew last week, but I'm going to pull one verse back out to let you know, because last week we dealt with what a eunuch was, and a little bit about it. Tonight I'm going to tell you what they were used for, or what they did, or why they had them. And then we'll go on in that verse. In Matthew chapter 19, in verse number 12, there ain't but one way to find out something for sure, and that's go to the one that said it. And this is red-lettered. Chapter 19, in verse 12. We talked about the previous up there. People were worrying about, you know, those who commit adultery and, and how that they write a divorcement. We went through that last week. But Jesus summed it up when he got off that subject in verse 12. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb. They're born that way. A eunuch is... One who cannot rear children. They can serve God. They can live for God. But they can't, for some reason or another, and you're going to find out why here, they can't have children. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb. That's one. Number two, and there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. I'll tell you why in a minute. And then there are, and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. And these are some that have made themselves eunuchs so that they could spend all their time and they wouldn't be bothered with the flesh that they might be able to serve God. 
But notice in the Word of God, he that is able to receive it, let him receive it. So eunuchs mainly were used, what I think about to, what is that bunch goes to the, the not the convent, but the, uh, what? Mosque. And uh, become, in that family, some of them do that. And I've said, it would be good if Roman Catholics would catch on to that thing. Amen. And we quit having so many pedophiles. Now, you may not agree with that, but that's a truth. And then I look at this, and some of them did it to serve God. Some did it because they was born that way. And some were made that way by men such as kings. And people who were in authority. They ended up be the cooks, and the confectionaries. Uh, they begin, you know, they'd kind of protect the harem with the women because they could trust the men not to bother the women. And that's how the women in the Old Testament times and some of them were kind of safe. I'm just going to say that much tonight and then we're going to go on from it. And uh, so we're going to look at some other things and I pray tonight God might help us. Now going, we'll look at this and I've started to talk about the masters and the servants out of verse number 3. If you've got masters, you've got some servants and you find them, they're all mentioned in there. I will give you the verses that mentions the eunuchs. Verse number 3, verse number 7, verse number 8, verse number 9, uh, verse number 10, verse 11, and verse number 18 only in that first chapter. So if it's put in the Bible, I feel like I'm supposed to preach it. Amen. I, I just believe that. Somebody said, this is some of that stuff I don't preach, preach. I, preachers tell me that. If it's in this book, I preach it. It may not go over like a lead balloon, but I'll tell you right now, it's preachable. And the Lord mentions it several times to Daniel here. So they, they had a rule in the book of Daniel. I realize we hadn't got to the prophecy part of Daniel. Nobody They want to read Daniel just to get the prophecy part. But let's get it all. So we go to verse number 4, and the Bible said, here's what they're going to do when they bring the eunuchs in. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain, not everyone. When I saw that, I thought, well, they must be some kind of credentials. They must be some kind of qualifications for these eunuchs to come into. And they do, if you look at it. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel. Amen. You see that? Certain of the children of Israel. These are Jews. Remember verse 1. They've been captivated. Jehoiakim has been pursued and taken. He's in captivity along with the Israelites or the children of Israel. And of the king's seed. He wants to get certain of the children of Israel. The particular ones that he'll mention in a minute. 
children of Israel and of the king's seed. He's a Jew. King Jehoiakim has just been taken. That means some of his children of his seed. He wants them. There's something special about them. And of the princes, that's some of the leaders that was in the land of Israel. And he had them picked, brought in. That's what he told Ashpenaz to do. In verse number 4, I read verse number 4 and looked at it. I'm going to mention some of that here tonight. And when I looked at it, I thought, hey, you didn't have to, you had to be qualified to get in the king's court, even in Babylon. But in America, in the church, you can be anything. It don't care what you are. It don't care how you live. Seriously. Amen. You just come in, come down, get in the altar, get up, confess it, get on out. You can go back and do what you have always been doing. That's not so. That's what some of them do. They don't quit cussing, quit lying, quit stealing, quit doping. Amen. We got people in the church. You say, not here. I certainly hope not. Hope I don't get wind of it anyhow. But did you know a lot of churches don't pay no attention? They live just like they want to live, go where they want to go, do what they want to do, and it don't make no difference what the Bible says. Amen. I'm fixing to teach on the parables of Jesus. I've never seen nothing so twisted in this modern day about the parables that preachers are preaching. And I'm going to give you what the Bible says. They're to the Jews, of course, their application to you and me. Amen. I heard a preacher the other day talk about the mustard seed. He said mustard seed's small. You lay it down. It's small. How many knows what a mustard seed looks like? Little bitty thing. Matter of fact, uh, mustard, you know what mustard is, don't you? You usually put it in your uh, your greens that you you know you raise them in them. But it said this preacher did. He said what it says in there is that the mustard, such a little seed, will make a tree for the birds and the fowl to sit in. And that preacher said that mustard seeds the gospel, and you sow the gospel. And it sprouts out into a huge tree for the birds and the fowl to sit in. And I'm thinking, you're all fella. The gospel, if that's so, how come we don't have a country that loves God and the gospel is covered in the land? Can I ask you a question tonight? Do we have a land that you know of that's saturated with the Word of God and Christianity? We used to have a country called America. Well, would you say tonight that the gospel has covered the land so strongly that we are living in a God-fearing nation? I believe we've got some people in America that are godly. I believe we've got some people in America that wants to live right. I believe we've got some people that try to live right. 
I'm one of them. I don't do too good a job at it, but I try to live right. I miss the mark. I come up short. I've never claimed to be perfect, and I intend to end up being perfect when I get to the other side. And I'm working on that. But I can't do nothing with that. The Lord's going to be the one that does it. But I'm telling you tonight, what country? Russia? England? There's countries that's got some Christianity in it, just like America. But we're not dominated. Like that fellow said with the mustard seed growing into a tree. And when I look at that fowl of the air, the fowl of the air and the birds, they're the enemy. They're the enemy. You remember when he said to come out and they sow the seed? Some falls on stony ground. How's it get there? Who directs it? It's Satan tonight that's putting it out there like that. When we preach, when we pass out a track, when we witness to somebody we pray for, guess what? Satan goes and steals everything out there. And the Lord said, uh, oh, well, the disciples said to him, said, when he got the tares and the wheat, said, what do you do? Do you go out there, Master? Do we go out there and pull the tares out of the wheat? And the Lord said, no. You wait to the end. And then you separate the tares from the wheat. Got me? He said, if you go out there and start pulling tares out, what you're going to do is you're going to tear all the tares up too. Waiting in. So Jesus is talking to the Jewish nation. And he's talking about who's in control of the land. I'm not going to get into that tonight. But look at what he said in verse 4. Children in whom was no blemish. When you go find them folks to bring them over here and put them in the captivity to take care of business and to help us rule this place, you go get some without blemish. You know what no blemish is? Not a spot. Clean. Now, it could be according to the rules of Babylon because they're going to Babylon. But even they had some standards. The world has got some standards in some places. You couldn't get into some. Some church members couldn't get into it because they ain't clean enough. Amen. They're involved in so many things, and I won't get into that tonight, but we'll get back there later. That word blemish just simply means that they're good natured, or they're, they're without spot and without blemish. There's no physical malady. He didn't go over there and get the wheelchair folks and bring them over. He didn't go over and get those uh, old and headed to the graveyard like me and you, some of us. Then we got the young. They got those who had a good body, a good mind, good strength, good abilities. That's what they're looking for to hire with. When you go, you take a wheelchair and a and a set of crutches and go in and ask somebody for a job. Unless they got a job that fits your 
bill and they can get by paying you so much, you won't get that job. You understand what I'm saying? That means that these people had a good mind. They had good abilities. They knew they had a good heart about them. They weren't sick. They weren't handicapped. I'm trying to tell you tonight that the devil, when he tries to book people for his work, he wants the best he can get. That's why he works on us church members. You know the devil don't want you to live for God at all. He don't want you to live just this much for God. He don't mind you naming the name of Jesus every once in a while as long as it don't thrill you. You get excited about it and he'll stop you. I have more trouble with the devil than I've ever had in my life. He'll work on my mind. He'll work on my body. He'll work on my heart. Amen. He don't want me to fight. You know what the worst thing? He works on me. Two areas of my life that the devil, well three actually, but two in particular that's really got me in trouble. One, he'll do everything he can to keep me from this book. Some of y'all this week will spend more time on your cell phone looking up things all around the land that you don't even need to know about. Amen. Facebook and all that stuff. Look on Facebook and tell me how many, how many good, strong, hardcore preachers will stand up and tell the Word of God. They've got it watered down. Most of them have. You can find one here and find one there. Seriously. Alright, you say, I, preach, I, I don't appreciate that. Well, I found out the devil keeps me out of this book. You know what? I don't know how many times today reading my Bible, I just kind of watched. I don't know how, why in the world, but when I get to reading my Bible, next thing you know, I'm getting thirsty. Got to go get me something to drink. Get back and sit down, and then next thing you know, I'm getting hungry. Got to get me something to eat. I get set back down again, and the telephone rings. I get back off of that and sit down and read again. Amen. And something else will take place. And it hinders me. The devil don't want me in this book. He don't want you in this book. The more you get in this book, the more you know him. And the more you know him, the less this world looks at. And I want to tell you tonight, you'll want to know more. Yeah. Ain't sung that old song in a long time. Y'all remember that song in... What is that? I want to know more about my Jesus. Y'all remember that song? I used to sing it. I'm going to know more about my Jesus. I'm talking about when I get on the other side. I want. I hope I know more before I leave here. See, the devil don't want us knowing more about Jesus. Then, not only that. But he works on my prayer life. Do you know what I need? I need to pray more. Do you know what you need? You need to pray more. I'm not talking about whispering little old prayers. The thing about it is we get out in public and we'll pray. 
And most of us pray about the same way. We say things and we probably got, most people can tell about what we're going to say, including me. But I want to tell you at the house, when I'm praying, I talk to the Lord. And if you come by and listen at you, you'd say, why is he talking to the Lord like that? Brother, you know why? Because he's my friend. He's, He's the dearest thing I've got. I put my trust in Him. I'm going to tell you, I I like you, but I don't trust you like I trust Jesus. Preacher, you ought to love me. I do love you. The best I can love you. And I'm sure you love me, but it's just the best you can do because you don't know how to really love me and I don't know how to really love you. But I know for one thing that Christ loves me more than anybody or anything in the world. I can't say that about me, but I can say that about Him. Ain't that right, ladies and gentlemen? I, I just see when it comes praying time, the devil's a, getting nervous. Amen, I'm getting excited and he's getting nervous. Amen, he paces the floor. I don't think he wants to come too near me. Especially when I get in touch with God and the Holy Ghost gets around me. And I like to make him nervous. I like to make him nervous. Amen. You said, preacher, he just sits down beside me while I'm praying. Uh Uh-oh, you ain't getting in touch. He don't like the presence of God. He don't like the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. He don't like you to get happy. He don't like you to say amen and hallelujah and praise God and wave your hands. He don't want you to do that. But if I get to talking to Him, I can't help it. i got to do it. Something looses up. Amen. Things turn loose in my heart when I get in touch with Him. Just as sure as I get to praying. Amen. Somebody a call. Now, I'm not saying that tonight to keep you from calling me. You call me anytime you want to, any day, anytime. I may not get back to you right then, or I don't intend to answer you one. Just in case I don't answer, all right? But I'm telling you tonight, when I'm in touch with the Lord, brother, things begin to happen. Things get on. So he said here, children whom was no blemish, nothing. Secondly, but well favored. You can rest assured that Bel, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar didn't want a, somebody keep, uh, cooking his food to be an old grouch. And one that nobody liked. He wanted them to be well-favored. When you're well-favored, that means people like you. Everybody don't like me. I wish they did. I don't see why they don't. Because I've always liked me. <laughs> Amen. You say, well, I, I, I don't. That's all right. That's your, your privilege. But I'm telling you tonight, well-favored. In other words, you're... You got a good name, you're well favored. They're just some people, and I want to tell you tonight, you got it too, you got the same problem. They're just some people I don't want to be around. That's right. You're right. Some of them are lost, and some of them claim to be saved. 
So I like to be one of them well-favored. Have you ever seen people that you just liked? They may not even name the name of Christ, but you just like them. And I don't think our fellowships are going to be good because we're going to talk about two different things. But I'm saying they just, some people, they live their life and I, and I get around, I, I like them. They just, they don't give me no grief and I don't give them much grief except talk about the Lord. And some of them, you know, don't like, I understand a sinner tonight that don't want to hear about the Lord. I used to be that way. But I'm telling you now, I love to hear about the Lord and the things of God there. And I do give Him the praise. But these boys were supposed to be uh, without blemish and well favored. And then uh, if you look at that, that means he's got a good personality, good natured, comfortable to be around. Now it says, and skillful in all wisdom. Not just anything but in all wisdom. Have you ever seen people that were what we called jack of all trades? We usually put a little thing behind it, master of none. But uh, <laughs> I've always, God's helped me with that. He's always given me a little wisdom of something about everything. Some things I don't want to know and I didn't learn it. Amen. These things that you like that I don't like, there's things that you that I like that you won't like. And that's normal for us. We just, if everybody had been in here the same way, made the same thing, well, I mean, we are made out of the same thing, but if we loved the same thing, wouldn't we all be miserable? So that makes the world go around. And he, he said, I want them to be skillful in wisdom, wise. Amen. Amen. You're right. Not foolish, but wise. I want some wise men yeah. in my Service. That's what Nebuchadnezzar's wanting. Now, why in the world would you get upset when the preacher says sometimes, I want some, I want some wise men. I want some good men. I want some good ladies. I want some good people in my church. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It's just hard to get them sometimes. Amen. And it says, and skillful in wisdom. In other words, they could have a skill in it. They have a, have a, they're kind of smart and creative. Have you ever seen people say, I believe he could do anything or I believe she could do anything. Hey, some women can cook anything. You went in their kitchen, their kitchen's full of recipes. My wife used to call them receipts, but uh, recipes. Amen. Wife died. The kids, especially my daughter wanted the recipes. Where are they at? I don't know. But she found them. Skillful in all wisdom. And then it said, and cunning in knowledge. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. You can be wise to make decisions, but you've got to have knowledge of how to put the old car back together when you tore it apart. That's knowledge. Amen. I take something apart sometimes and I end up with some boats left over and wonder where in the world they had them. But it seems to run or do whatever it's supposed to do. And I said, we must not have needed it. In about two weeks, I found out where they went. Amen. And skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science. Yeah. You hear this all the time. You know, Let's just follow the science. 
I wish they would. They wouldn't be hugging trees. And worrying about global warming. That's the agenda today of this world. That's what they want. You know what they're trying to do, don't you? Get the world real perfect. And they ain't going to be perfect. a perfect world until He comes and straightens it out at the second coming. And understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace. I understand a little bit about this. You can't just go out there on the street and bring somebody in the church or in any other thing and them be comfortable in something they've never been around. Did you know some of y'all so bashful in here you couldn't do nothing no how? Unless you was told what to do every minute. Amen. There's other people that are smart. And I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just telling you, there's things I ain't smart in either. Understand? But said, he wanted some to come in and be comfortable standing in the palace of being a servant to the king. Now, Nebuchadnezzar's picking the crowd. Now, remember when I'm telling you this, this ain't got nothing to do, you say, with prophecy. Just wait and see. You'll see it does. God allowed them to come in here and God placed who he wanted in that palace. And God knew who would stand and God knew who wouldn't stand. And Nebuchadnezzar's looking for somebody that's going to be somebody that he could count on. He wanted some professionals. He wanted somebody that's going to be respectful to the king. He wanted somebody in his in his kingdom, when the, he demanded something that they went and done it, he wanted some loyalty. He said, did he get it? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and all them, which we talk about their names in another lesson. Yeah, he got them. They weren't ashamed. They stood in there. They, did, they stood for God, though. Because they didn't bow when the image come up. And they didn't burn when it's put in the fiery furnace. And they didn't get eaten when it's put in the den, den of lions. The old song said, we used to sing it. They wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, and they wouldn't burn. Y'all may not have heard that song. But me and my wife used to sing it. Wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, and they wouldn't burn. Thank God, that's what God wanted. And so Nebuchadnezzar said, you go find me some that can stand in the king's palace. And then some that we, that, uh, we might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. They got to have a smartness to them to where they can comprehend. what We're going to teach them Babylon's ways and we're going to teach them Babylon's trades. We're going to teach them Babylon's speech. And we want somebody that'll do that. And if they weren't loyal, they wouldn't do it. If they weren't smart, they wouldn't comprehend it. Now that's who the devil today is trying to get in his service. That's why you got the Jehovah's Witnesses. You got to find they're smart people. Amen. They're not right. They're a cult. But they're smart. 
The Mormons, they're smart. Amen. They ain't smart enough. They follow the devil in a lot of things and their doctrines are not right, but they're smart. Amen. Hey, some people respect the Mormons more than they do the Baptists. Matter of fact, some of the Mormons have been Baptists. Some of them were ex-Baptists. They must have thought pretty good of them. But when, it might be because of some things they let get by and they thought that was going to be all right. And the Jehovah's Witnesses, they're thought well of. I'm talking about the world. I'm not talking about us at church here. I'm not going to bid them God's speed. I'm not going to tell them God bless you. I'm not going to pray for them. Except for their soul. That's the only manner I'll pray for them. I won't even take their literature unless they take mine first. You said, that's kind of bad, ain't it? No, no. They take my literature, they'll probably do the same thing I'll do with theirs, throw it away, but try, try giving one of them some gospel literature. Amen. You ask the Catholic, give him some. No, I don't want that. I'm a Catholic. And I say, what's that got to do with it? Don't you believe in Jesus Christ? Sure do. Then what's wrong with the literature? That's what we talk about. Jehovah's Witnesses is a different story. I can't talk to them like that. I tell them I want to tell them about Jesus Christ and uh, I want to tell you about the Savior and uh, as being God in, God in flesh. And they look at you and they say, don't believe He's uh, the God in flesh. They said we believe He's a God in the flesh. And some Baptists wouldn't even know the difference in that. A means that, amen, He's a God of the world. He's a good teacher, they'll say. But He's not the very God in the flesh. And if you don't believe that, you're lost. And I won't slice it no other way. said, I don't believe that, but... And I had somebody tell me that the other day. I don't believe that, preacher. Well, you're going to hell. That's right. And I don't want to beat around the bush. I don't want to make nobody mad, but I want to tell you, I don't want them to get away from me without me telling them the truth. They're not going to hear me. That's their business. But they're not going to blame me when I get to heaven for not telling them. Of course, they won't, but I don't want that on my record either. I got a little thought today. You may not agree with me. I have some funny ideas about a lot of things. But I sat in there today thinking about the judgment seat of Christ. I wasn't even studying on it, but the Lord brought it across my mind. I thought about the judgment seat of Christ, and everybody thinking, oh boy, that's going to be all, going to get everything all ironed out and fixed. But if you even make it to the judgment seat of Christ, I'll tell you this much you'll have to give account. For the times that you did not study your Bible, you did not pray, and you did not witness, and you did not attend church, and all the other things that the Bible teaches you to do. That's our works. That's our deeds. Now, we're not saved by works, but we're rewarded for them. Or we're deprived of a crown. Amen. 
Uh, you can tell me today, you study your Bible, there's a difference in studying and reading it. Amen. You need to learn which one it is. For many years, you know what I did, my Bible? I read it. Yeah. It took me years, even after I was preaching, to really learn how to study it. And I don't have the cue on it or, or, or have the, the, the real way of doing it tonight, but I'll tell you what, I learn more now than I've ever learned. Because I, I guess it's because I've done learn so much. And it makes a difference. But people get to studying on the Bible, looking at the Bible, and they'll read a verse, and when you read it, and if you understand every one of them, if you understand this Bible from cover to cover, and you know what it means, I say more power to you, you won't need a preacher. But I got news for you. You don't know it. No. Neither does this guy right here. And I have to study. It's amazing to me the little things, little bitty things that God has showed me that I didn't see ten years ago. That I didn't see five years ago. I'm learning things I didn't see yesterday. You understand what I'm saying? And the reason is because we're so tied up with everything I try to see what I can trim off of my schedule now to get in the Bible. Amen. I don't run up and down the road to here and there like I used to. I stay at the house. And it's not because I don't want to. I stay at the house because that's where I have the fun time of my life, which is reading and studying the Word of God. Amen. I had about I had to go somewhere this evening, get it done. I got it done, come back. And I knew I was going to have to go somewhere else in 30 minutes. And I come in the door pretty quick as I come in the door and got back over on my desk, picked my Bible up and got to going again. I said, all right, look, by that time... Uh, it was about 25 minutes is all I had left. And I said, glory to God, Lord, crown my brain. I got 25 minutes. Amen. And I pushed it to the very limit, went and come back and studied again. Got ready for church. Went back over there again and said, Lord, teach me. I need to know His Word. You need to know His Word. We'll give account to God what we hadn't done in His Word. You stand before God. Well, preach, Lord, I didn't know nothing about it. I, I did. He said, "I sent it to you in sixty-six books." Amen. Well, preacher, I didn't have time, or Lord, I didn't have time to read it. I give you the same amount of time I give the scholars. What'd you do with your time? I don't think you'll tell him. <laughs> on some things. You may tell him the good parts, but don't believe you tell it all. Amen. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? These fellas qualified for the king's business, and this wasn't even the king that we have. We got a Savior that saved us, reached down and picked us up out of the, out of the mire of sin, 
set us free, give us something we never had before, and we don't even want to serve Him. I'm going to get me a bunch of mannequins. <laughs> Wire them up. Put me some buttons down here. <laughs> One will say amen, doesn't that? Hallelujah. <laughs> amen. Let no young say glory to God. I'm going to get some of them waving hands. <laughs> amen. I hated I'm all that dull for you. Praise God. I don't blame you. I don't like to hear myself preach either. I hate listening to my preaching. I let to listen to other preachers. Amen. But I'll tell you this. You wouldn't like to hear yourself read a book report. It's just the way it is, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. I thank you for coming. We'll get on the next verse. Changes things just a little bit when we get down to there. But just, if you don't get nothing else, think about standing before the judgment seat. We're going to actually give account for what we're doing now and what we do tomorrow. And we're already going to have to give account for what we've done. And if it don't come up to par, we're going to suffer loss. You remember, we ought to strive for this. A lot of people don't. But the Lord said, if you be faithful, a few things, He'd make us, amen, ruler over many. Yeah. I'm looking for that. I, I want, I'm wor- Somebody said, you ain't going to get no reward. I may not. But I'll tell you one thing. I've given it the best. I, I just put in another set of batteries, praise God, to go for Jesus. And what are them? Batteries. What are they? Energizers. God just energizes me every day. And I've done got a fresh bunch in. Praise God. Amen. Every time I go out, I want to go out loaded for bear boogers. Wherever I go. Grocery store, drug store, amen, Walmart, which I don't go much, but I'll tell you, that's what we need. Need to be ready. Face anything you're going to face. Ask God to help you with it. It's going to get troublous times on us. Amen. And I'm counting on us standing true yeah. to God. And what we do for the Lord is the only thing that's going to last. Amen. Everything else is going to go. Let's bow our heads. Thank you tonight for the privilege of coming to the house of the Lord tonight. Thank you for allowing us to come. Thank you for putting us a burden in our heart to be here. Lord, we thank you that you can you can work on our wanters. You can work on our wannabes and what we want, need to be tonight. And you can put a want down in our soul to go to the house of God and serve you. Lord, I pray tonight you'll give us a good night's rest, touch us, and may tomorrow we'll be up about your business in the morning. Lord, send us somebody by to talk to us or help us to go see them. And Lord, I pray that somehow we'll just Get out and see and do and be pleasing. Lord, don't let us waste time, but help us to stand in the gap. And Lord, try to make up the hedge. We do a poor job, but I know, God, you're able to help us. Touch our spiritual life. Bring us close to you. Help us to know you. And God will give you the praise for what you're going to accomplish. We commit this crowd to you. 
Lord, I pray you do with us what you need to do. Lord, I pray you work down deep in our soul. Show us where we're wrong. Convict us of where we fail. Show us, Lord, how to get it all right by bowing at your feet. Feed us and fill us with the Word of God. May the Word of God stay true in our heart, and it will. But help us to stay true to the Word of God. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, stand. We won't have any music, but we'll, we'll ask you tonight to bow your head for a moment, another moment. And uh, maybe while you're standing there, you can, nobody looking at you, nobody looking around. Maybe right there in your heart, you can stand there and say, Lord, touch my soul and my mind and my body. Lord, help me be faithful to your cause. Touch us, Lord, in a real way. Commit yourself, Lord, to, uh, to, uh, to uh, help us, Lord, to commit ourselves to you. Commit yourself to the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. Let him have full, full charge. Not just partial, not just a little bit, but all of you. Lord, you told us to present ourselves unto you. Lord, that we dedicate our bodies to the, your service, which is just our reasonable thing to do. And I pray, God, you'd guide us and direct us. Bring us back Sunday. Fill the church. Touch hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Girls, where'd, you, where'd y'all go? All right. Come up here and get this and we'll let you give you money and we'll go. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Here's a wobbling thing. Oh. Amen, girl. Amen. Amen. When are they going to have it though? Oh, uh, we'll get out at 3. I'll come to it after that. Yeah, I'll leave early enough to come to it. Your house? All right. Riley, what you going to tell Amen. What you going to tell her? Amen. 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 Yeah. <laughs> that was good. I enjoyed it. Don't go outside, honey. Hey, Daddy, right there. Oh, there's Daddy. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy, daddy. You can go with Daddy. Good yeah. job. Yes, go with Daddy. I bless you. I bless you. Thank you, girls, for taking up that money for me, okay? Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you.
preacher man enjoyed it thank you thank you thank you amen brother sir amen well had a good time yesterday i went up to tennessee it's about a three and a half hour trip up there and about a four hour yeah 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 Good, good. That's good for me, boy. I love it. Yep, I do it all day long. I like it, boy. It's hard. I'm going to go home and listen to the message before I go to bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got it started before I left. I'm going to go back and get some more of it. Yeah. I tell you what, the more you hear the Word of God, things just come up while you're out there talking to people. You know. I do too. I do too. I do too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, when I say preaching, I don't listen to bad preaching. I don't either. I want to listen to it. Don't want to hear nothing. Don't stir me up. No, if it ain't the Holy Ghost pushing it, driving it, putting it out there, I want to learn. I'm not trying to run anybody down. People don't realize how starved they are spiritually. They go to these churches, and they're plugged up by the roof, and they think they're getting fed, and they're not. They're received, and then they really are. And they hadn't heard enough good preaching to know what is bad. You know what the spiritual discernment is, don't you? The Spirit of God bears witness with that. That's the discernment you need. <laughs> That's what it is. And these people that are real religious, they, 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 they get into this music and drums and electric guitars. But you know what? That that pleases the flesh, That's not it. the spirit. That's it. And then one guy told me he, he, he's Pentecostal. He's, oh, he's real religious. And he said, well, I'll tell you one thing. If I couldn't go and play music at church, I wouldn't go. Yeah. That's kind of like that woman Sunday said uh, she'd been calling on God and, it, and ha- he hadn't heard her something like that. Did you hear her say that? And I said, well, you need to change your praying. You need, had a son or something in prison or something. She said, God ain't answered my prayer. said, I told him it. I said, you can't tell God. You got to... I said, you need to change your praying then. You pray the Lord's will and what you're doing. And that's where it goes. Sometimes what you want, well, matter of fact, most of the time what you want. Listen, I've tried that. I've tried that. I've tried praying for myself and things, and I, I told, I've told the Lord a few things, and he, he just so, seemed like he don't pay no attention to me. Yeah, right, right. Sometimes you pray the Lord's will, and. Saying that in Maine because you ain't gonna let it. You ain't playing. Yeah, that's right. You ain't gonna have it his way. He'll say, "I've already told you." Sometimes we ain't listening. I am too. That's the hardest thing for us to do. Is follow God. I'll tell you. We can say that. You listen. Really doing it. That's another ball. Another deal. Did Kim send you kind of a text or message today, Kim? I just wanted to say she did. I just wondered because she sent me one about 